Welcome to my studio. I am Cole McCallum, the aspiring architect, and this is RPG Blueprints. This episode, we're continuing on from where we left off last time, creating characters with Elizabeth. We were working through the This Is Your Life part of Xanathar's Guide to Everything, and we had just rolled on the childhood home table on page 64. Let's see how those rolls turned out. So I got a 22, which means no permanent residence. You moved around a lot. Which makes sense for someone who escaped a cult-like uh, commune. Yep. Uh, so I got a 78. A 78 is a large house. Dang! So if you, were, if you still wanted to be the boat, it could be a large house boat. Maybe it's a ship. Mm-hmm. I think that, that would work as a large house. Yep. I'm going to take it. Slash yeah. ship. Yep. I ship it. It's fine. I ship it. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Okay. What's um, next? The next part is childhood memories, but it is determined. It's, uh, sorry, modified by your charisma modifier. And because I haven't, you know, finalized that, then I'm going, I'm going to skip that and I'm going to come back to it. I would say, like, to be fair for both of our characters, it says that charisma should be the highest ability score because of our casting ability. Okay, so, yeah, why don't we just nail that that in? So I'm going to take my 16. And I'm I, the same. And, and <laughs> I have I, my 17. <laughs> and I know that, um, you know, most people, if they're playing a human, they're playing a variant human. Um which just means that uh, they operate a little bit differently. They start with a feat. Um, but I'm just going to play like a regular human just for simplicity's sake in this. Um, which means all of my ability scores increase by one uh, instead of taking a feat. So that just makes my charisma 17, which doesn't change its modifier of plus three. Realistically, you're just trying to copy me. Because I also have a 17. <laughs> well, does being an elf change your charisma? That is a good question. Let me look in the handy-dandy player's book. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, so, no, my dex increases, though, so that's going to be really helpful. Mm, good. Oh, you also have the choice to make of um, what type of elf you are. What are your choices? Well, in the player's handbook, I have three. I have a high elf, which doesn't fit my pirate life. A wood elf. And a dark elf, which I don't think they would like to be hanging out on a boat. Uh, I mean, thinking about a uh, high elf very stereotypically maybe doesn't work, but I mean, there's no reason that your high elf, like they couldn't find themselves in a pirate life. Alternatively, you know, 
wood elves are connected to nature and the seas are still nature. Mm, okay, so taking that second to read the little blurb about high elves, again, like in the campaigns I play, there's just normally a lot of um, negative things about high elves. Uh, but in reality, there's different types of high elves. Um, so um, the superior were better than everybody else elves, which I'm used to in the campaigns I play, um, but there is also uh, more common and more friendly elves that are really chill with other people. Um, and I did not know that. <laughs> See, I'm always even, learning. Yeah, even people who have been playing this game for years, there's so much um, within each book that there's always something to learn. Yeah, so I will go with a high elf, but like, not like a regular high elf, like a cool el high elf. <laughs> I'm not like other elves. <laughs> okay, cool. So with that, I have I a charisma of plus three. I think you also have a charisma of plus three. Yes. Okay, so then we're going to take that plus three. We're going to roll 3d6 again. And then we're going to see what we get. Okay, so I got 10 for the childhood memories. And that means I had a few close friends and lived an ordinary childhood, which... Well, an ordinary childhood for a runaway who moved around a lot. I would say, though, like ordinary is subjective right like if you grew up in a cult ordinary is ordinary to you well maybe maybe i moved around and you know found enough stable places to stay that despite you know moving around and living that part of it like you know i still you know went to school of some sort and you know you know i wasn't you know a pirate on the seas so Maybe in that way. Uh, I got an eight. Um, others saw me as being different or strange, so I had few companions. Yeah, because I'm a pirate. That obviously. Sense. Yep. You know, people don't respect the pirate life. Yep, exactly. And I would say probably like my friends are the other crewmates on the ship. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's not just your family. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so the next thing, um, which is where some some place that the two books sort of overlap, um, the next part is about backgrounds, which is in the player's handbook. But this um, in Xanathar's guide just gives you a reason for why you had the background that you did. Um, so let's just take a second. Um, we're going to come back after we decide what our background's going to be. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit about why we became what we choose. All right. So I think we decided on backgrounds. Um, so for my human, I actually decided to go with charlatan. 
for one. It's not something I've picked before, but I think it's interesting because I don't think that, you know, my shadow sorcerer who, you know, ran away from this, like, darkness um, is going to go and be a full-on criminal. But I think there's going to be, like, a bit of a trickster element to them. Um, so that's why I'm going with charlatan. Um, and, uh, if you're looking in the player's handbook, charlatan is part of the backgrounds and charlatan is on page 128. Um, and it has something to roll on. It has a favorite schemes section to roll on. So I'm just going to roll a D six. I rolled a three. So it says I insinuate myself into people's lives to prey on their weakness and secure their fortunes. Which I think also plays in well to what I was saying about moving around, like, place to place and, like, getting in good because I was fairly popular. I had friends. So, Mm -hmm. and I'm fairly charismatic. So I have this way of, like, getting close to people. And I guess I, I'm not technically a criminal by background, but stealing is still a criminal element. So that's interesting. Maybe um, not like stealing all their gold or something, but like taking a, a bit more than you were allowed to take from people. Right. Maybe once in a while it's like, ooh, I know that their their ring has some magical element. And so, oops, how does that get in my pocket? Yeah. Not um, like a every day you're stealing. No, definitely not. And I think I think that uh this person is definitely a long con kind of person <laughs> but i'm so uh, innocent <laughs> never we're best friends <laughs> <laughs> um so uh do you want to go through your other um suggested characteristics sure um well the feature of the charlatan is false identity And so I'll I'll just read that out. Uh, You have created a second identity that includes documentation, established acquaintances, and disguises that allow you to assume that persona. Uh, Additionally, you can forge documents, including official papers and personal letters, as long as you have seen an example of the kind of document or the handwriting you were trying to copy. So I'm really good at forging things, and I'm leading a bit of a double life, which goes in well because um, uh, each background has some skills a skill proficiencies, tools proficiency, and some equipment that you get with it. Um, so I am proficient in deception and sleight of hand. And I am also proficient with a disguise kit and a forgery kit. So right there, that tells you a lot about what this character uh, does. Um, and I start off with a set of fine clothes, a disguise kit, tools of the con of your choice. Um which I guess I will determine later. This whole false identity thing, I think, is a little past what I'm going to be exactly narrowing down until unless we get like super uh, inspired. But yeah, that's that's quite a lot that I would never have come up on my own <laughs> with. So um, yeah, uh, the next section is suggested characteristics. So this is personality traits, ideals, bonds, and flaws, which uh, we've referred to a couple times. Um, and each of those in the background section has a, uh, a table to roll on. Uh, so personality traits, um, just something to kind of guide your role play with. And for the charlatan, I'm going to roll a D eight. Um, 
So that is a six. Sarcasm and insults are weapons of choice. Wow. I love that. Easy. <laughs> I can do that. That's perfect. Next is ideals, which are sort of um, one of those. Uh, how did you phrase it? A core value mm -hmm. um, that really defines your uh, character. Um, and for the charlatan, that's a D6. And I rolled a six. Uh, so that's aspiration. I'm determined to make something of myself. Um, which I think, hmm, I think that would tie into like leaving that sort of cult atmosphere and having like a predetermined fate that I was told that I have. So I'm coming away from that and I'm living my life saying I'm going to make my life what I want it to be. Um, something cool about the ideals is that they have um, uh, aspects of your alignment um, that, that are associated with it. Um, and with aspiration, that's not associated with anything specific. So they're saying like this kind of character is generally going to be whatever you want to be, which makes sense. Cause I'm, de I'm determining my fate. So you talked about, uh, the different ideals, um, they connect to the, um, alignment chart. And so I think it's really interesting that um, it gives you an idea of what direction your character is going to go when it comes to decision making and like the path that they're going to take. Mm -hmm. um, again, these things can change with time with the development of your character, but they're harder changes. Like something very, very dramatic is going to have to happen to put them onto a different alignment or ideal path. Right. Right. So, for example, in our current campaign, most of us started out as criminals. So we were neutral to evil aligned. But over the course of our um, our campaign, which I think just speaks to um, the kinds of people that we are, we generally drifted more towards uh, the greater good of, of things. And uh, the story of our campaign is more about, you know, making positive changes on the world. Yeah. Um, and then my character in the same campaign started off uh, extremely good uh, and then over time became more corrupted um, and started placing um, the overall good over individuals. <laughs> uh, so it's been really interesting watching how the different events have uh, changed our characters into these crossing paths in the middle at one point and then teetering over to the other sides mm -hmm. so criminals at the start heroes at the end hero at the start potential criminal at the end we'll see what happens yeah, we will see <laughs> uh, right, so what about them bonds so bonds bonds are sort of um something in your past that uh that you're tied to um, kind of like an obligation, um, just something that your character cares about. Um, so again, that's another D6 for the charlatan. I rolled a four. And so that's going to be, I come from a noble family and one day I'll reclaim my lands and title for those who stole them from me, which doesn't fit. 
what we've already gone with so i'm gonna veto that and i'm actually just going to look to see if there's something here um oh, i'm a sucker i'm a sucker for number six that's, number six. i love that kind of story i swindled and ruined a person who didn't deserve it i seek Aww. to atone for my misdeeds but might never a be able to forgive myself which fits a lot better with the kind of character that I've I've made. I probably got close to someone. I took something from them and maybe you know um it was something that like I can't give back. Oh. And now something about that that has ruined their life, but I came to legitimately care for that person and and now that um that relationship is forever uh broken and i want it back i just uh, there's something about that storyline that just i'm a sucker for i want that atonement it pulls on those heartstrings for sure yeah which i think is a, a lot better than reclaiming nobility that's mm, that's fair um the last thing that you're gonna choose is a flaw i don't think there's much to say i think most people understand about uh understand flaws but something to be said about flaws is that i think a lot of people when they're playing role-playing games uh, a lot of role-playing is like power fantasy stuff and so when you're just sort of creating character concept you might not add flaws to your character you know you might make that that hero that's always doing good and has no has no weaknesses but if, if everyone in the story is that character and you have a bunch of perfect people it's probably not going to be that interesting the flaws add depth to your character so i was gonna say the opposite like in terms of flaws I normally pick like more than one for my character because I think it just makes them more dynamic uh, to have these aspects that aren't great about themselves. And I feel like the flaws can be more motivating as a character than the ideals at some points, right? Mm, that's very true. I mean, considering one of Brynthos's flaws was that he had a voracious appetite for a long period of time, that created a lot of memorable story moments. Very memorable. Um, like eating a roper. Yeah, almost dying. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We <laughs> dealt with it. It's okay. Um, Drinking yeah. a potion, uh, losing eyesight. It's fine. It's fine. You got blindsight now. It's okay. Um, but yeah, so I find the flaws in a character's development are kind of what make them so interesting. And if you mm -hmm. really think about it, like any like books you've read along the way, like the characters you're reading about aren't perfect, right? Like if they were perfect, there wouldn't be a storyline to read. So, like, you have your conflict, but you also have that, like, character, like, um, uh, man versus self-conflict, where they have, mm -hmm. like, these issues in themselves that they're trying to overcome. Um, and I do think there's just more depth to a character that way. Well, I think you approach character creation that way just because you do understand what makes a good story. You know, you're you're interested in that good story more than, you know, some people that might approach this kind of thing for the first time and just be like, I'm going to be the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, 
So let's yeah, see. Yeah, so like, yeah, pick a flaw at least. Don't don't pick no flaws. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so let's see uh, what flaw this um, uh, messed up scammer uh, has the beyond, you know, the scamming. Uh, a two. I'm always in debt. I spend my ill-gotten gains on decadent luxuries faster than I bring them in. You know what? I'm fine with that. <laughs> Not generally the type of person I play, but hey, that's one of the reasons why we play role-playing games, right? You just want to be right? fancy. Yeah, I just want to be fancy. You know, um, you live that modest cult lifestyle. You've been moving around place to place. You're like, I have fancy things. I deserve like- nice things. It's like going to like the thrift store, but buying something there with a name brand on it. You know, you got to like pass the part. <laughs> exactly. I have to have the nice things to play that part. You're so right. Um, okay, great. Um, so already not the character that I thought this human <laughs> sorcerer was going to start out uh, being. Well, I'm really excited because I think they're going to align much better now with my <laughs> lovely uh, elf bard pirate. Uh, so for my uh, background, I decided to pick Sailor. I know, super creative. Um, so <laughs> but sometimes it's about what makes sense. It just makes sense, right? So on page 139, uh, you can see the background for Sailor. Um, and fun fact, if you go to the bottom of that page, there's this lovely little uh, green box looking at a variant feature of a bad reputation. And when you read through it, it talks about the fact that you are potentially a pirate. <gasps> uh, oh, I know. Uh, so uh, yeah, I had to. Uh, so with this, it says, uh, no matter where you go, people are afraid of you due to your reputation. So I'm like, oh, fear maybe not so much, but like we'll roll with it. Um, and I can get away with minor criminal offenses. So that's fun. um so looking at that first um and then going through the different background pieces um i was looking at the suggested characteristics and looking at rolling for them but there were a lot that i didn't really like um i in this situation i now have a concept in my head of what i want this elf pirate to be uh so these are suggestions you can roll but you also don't have to roll which is what we were saying earlier so i went through the different personality traits and i picked number four instead of rolling for it um so i stretched the truth for the sake of a good story classic bard it's a bard to a t it's a bard um and then for the ideals i picked aspiration um, I didn't realize that Cole was also picking Aspiration. Um, but the one that I liked here was the fact that someday I'll own my own ship and chart my own destiny. I thought that fit very well with the family storyline that I had just discussed. So, like, mom abandoning me, um, stepmom killing dad. Like, there's been a lot of chaos and turmoil in this pirate life, and I want my own ship. I want to be my own captain. I don't want to be attached to these things anymore. This is really shaping up between these two characters to have, like, a cohesive storyline of um, moving on from, like, your troubled past and making something for yourself. It's magic. 
This is why I love this so much. Okay, so, and then for Bond, um, I was kind of torn between a couple of them. Uh, obviously, uh, if you look at this page, uh, number six says, ruthless, pi ruthless pirates murdered my captain and crewmates plundered our shift and left me to die. Vengeance will be mine. I was like, ooh, I could tailor that to, like, my stepmom killing my dad. Um, but then I was like, eh, it's not quite that. So, but do you want vengeance on her? Yeah, so I decided to go with the one above it to give uh, my character a little more range. Uh, so number five, I was cheated out of my fair share of the profits, and I want my due. So there's still that aspect of, like, getting what's mine, but it's not just tailored to the death of a parent. And that, that kind of would give you a reason to leave your private life and maybe why our characters met because you stopped running with them and you were looking for maybe someone to run with you and, you know, get you to your goal of owning your own ship. Yeah. And I mean, you see some, some guy walking around looking all fancy. Maybe you <laughs> thought you were going to get one over on me. And then we found out that, you know, we had more in common than, than you originally thought. Two lying peas in a pod. <laughs> uh, so, and then for flaw. Oh, I already said I love picking a million flies. Uh, so I tried to follow instructions and I just picked one. Uh, so I went with number six. Um, my pride will probably lead to my destruction. Um, Ooh. It's gotta be, right? I, I love me Pirates of the Car Caribbean, Jack Sparrow. Like, he's real full of himself. And I feel like that would be a really fun aspect to play as a character. Um, so the other flaws that I was looking at and probably taking into account are, I can't, number five, I can't help but pocket loose coins and other trinkets I come across. I'm a pirate. That's fair game. Um, and number three, once someone questions my courage, I never back down, no matter how dangerous the situation. Yeah. Cause my pride's going to lead to my destruction. Like those all really go well hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, you know what? Like live your best flawed life. Uh, enjoy. Uh, the chaos that it will create in the story. Mm -hmm. So something about um, backgrounds that I do want to point out that um, this, the skill proficiencies, the tool proficiency, the equipment, that's the mandatory, uh, not mandatory, well, mandatory stuff that uh, is mechanical that adds something to the gameplay. Um, what we've been talking about, they're called suggested characteristics for a reason. They're just sort of Something to guide you in a way to build your character to make the role playing uh, a little more flavorful. Um, you can choose one of these. You can choose none of these. You can just use this as a guide to make your own thing. Um, but just um, if you're making a, a character, don't don't skip over this part. That's my that's my recommendation to to anyone playing because you'll find that um, if you have something on your character sheet to just kind of like guide you in your decision making as a character, you'll find um, I, I think that it really adds to the gameplay. Yeah, and like we said before, like you're trying to create a real person in terms of your character, right? So they are going to have different aspects to themselves that are going to make them make decisions differently from you. Mm -hmm. So like understanding what motivates them, what their flaws are is going to help you in determining the decisions they make. Right. Um, and you're like, I wouldn't make this choice, but for instance, stormy will make this choice because 
it makes sense to her alignments and her motivations. Very true. And I, I know that in our campaign, there's a lot of uh, mm, philosophical, moral uh, decision making. And uh, there's a lot of, um, you know, sitting back and really thinking about what to do. And if I didn't have um, some strong core concepts, um, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't have anything to go on to make mm -hmm. those 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 tougher decisions. No, definitely. I think there's also something too, like more abstract from picking something out of a list. Um, I generally find like with character creation, there's always a reason why you're kind of picking the character you do or like find reasons to develop the story behind them. Right. So we got these random pieces of facts and then we built the story around them. Mm -hmm. But in playing the character, I tend to find there's always at least an aspect of myself that gets kind of attached to the character I'm playing. Um, oh, very true. It's so there's like hard. It's it, you'll find it very hard pressed to completely divorce yourself from any character you play. Yeah, there'll be like something that you're like, whoa, that's a little similar to me. Like whether it's like something like based on your identity or like your background or just like your interest in something there's mm -hmm. it's really hard to try and build a character and play a character for a length of time that is completely opposite to yourself mm -hmm. and i think even in the characters we play in this long campaign we keep mentioning is um most of them started off as pretty evil criminals uh, because it's just like a one shot or a two shot it's easy but over the long haul, it's really hard if you're not naturally inclined to be an evil person to keep doing evil things and enjoying it. So uh, there's always some aspect of yourself that'll kind of pop through as you go. I'm a soft person. I can't indiscriminately murder and not feel bad. I mean, we had it. We had a moment semi recently where I accidentally killed someone who did us wrong, and it broke me. I did that guy didn't really deserve to die. No. I'm not I'm not the hardened criminal that Brinthos supposedly was before we started this campaign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's just it. Like it you just kind of meld into your character at a certain point. Like obviously mm -hmm. they're different, but there's always some aspect of them that tethers to you. Yeah. And I've heard I've heard acting experience um where people are saying when you're when you're portraying a character um to like focus on the emotion in the scene or whatever and to do that like draw you draw from similar experience in your own life so if it is like a a scene that like you know uh the character is feeling intense rage like think of a moment where you were really mad and draw from that right so even when you're doing like more formal acting instead of just you know casual for fun role playing like it, there's still that similarity of, of drawing on your own experiences and and uh using that mm-hmm in Xanthar's Guide, um, now that we've done our backgrounds, um, there is uh, a section for each of the backgrounds in the player's handbook uh, where you can roll uh, a d6 to determine why you be 
why you have that background. So for example, example, charlatan, I became a charlatan because we've already like gone quite a bit into our stories. I'm going to roll, see what, uh, what comes up. I already have a good idea of why I became that, but just see if we can fit it in. Uh, we'll, we'll see what I get. I rolled a three. So it's saying I became a charlatan because I often got in trouble, but I managed to talk my way out of it every time, which definitely it still works, you know, going place to place. I probably was a little bit of a shit, but always managed to get out of trouble by talking my way out of it. Um, and maybe, maybe there's a little bit of a magical element, a little bit of a charming because as a sorcerer, your magic comes from within, like it's a natural part of you. And maybe that was like the first little bit of, uh, it coming through. That's awesome. Yeah. Who knows? Um, and do you want to roll a D six just to see what it says for sailor? I was born on a boat. Let's see what pops up. (laughs) Number three. One of my relatives was a sailor who took me to sea. Technically, oh. that's not that's not uh, wrong. All right. See, sometimes <laughs> it just magically works, right? So uh, a little unnecessary, but it Ta-da. can be said to be true. <laughs> the dice never lie. So uh, more, I think, a little more interesting for both of our characters at this point. Um, we've got the class training se- uh, section, so pretty much the same thing, uh, but instead of background, it's about why you became the specific class that you did. Because even though you're a sailor, sailor, you're not, you know, a roguish swashbuckler or like, um, you know, a, 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 a thuggish fighter. Like, you know, you're not just one of those, those characters. You're a bard, which is a charming is, bard. Yeah, so um, why don't you roll a d6 and see uh, why you became a bard? Two. Uh, I was a gifted performer and attracted the attention of a master bard who schooled me in the old techniques. All right. Do you I think, think that you works. can work so that like, in? Yeah, so um, I had already said that I had a few friends who were the crewmates on the ship I was growing up on. Um, I would think that there were... Um, situations where i was telling tall tales to people mm-hmm. and doing a really good job at it and one of the older crew members was like ah i can see something in this one and it pulled me aside and taught me the ways of the bard wonderful i love that uh and let's let's see what we got for a sorcerer i mean i i already have the idea Grow, like being born in the shadow fell that's why i'm a shadow sorcerer but you know let's just see what the dice have to say uh i was a sorcerer because when i was born all the water in the house froze solid the milk spoiled all the iron turned to copper my family is convinced that this event was a har- harbinger of stranger things to come for me they said the word stranger things um, <laughs> <laughs> um but also like yeah, you we're dealing with the Shadowfell. If that's not a wonky Stranger Thing place, like I don't know what is. And the Shadowfell is known to have sort of uh, shifting landscapes. So I think you know having things um, shift around me uh, kind of makes sense. So I don't know if I would take this word for word, but definitely I think if there was some weirdness. Um, uh, around me when once I started um, 
like going orphanage to orphanage. I think that makes sense. I think, I think, um, you know, that, that way of it manifesting makes sense, but I don't, I think, why did I become a sorcerer? We already determined that. Makes sense. The next section is life events. Um, so I don't really have a concept for my character for their age. If you have a specific care, uh, age bracket that you're working with, like we can do that. But um, on page 69, there's actually uh, a D100 table uh, to determine that. So I'm, I'm going to roll off that. Yeah, I always find personally when it comes to like elves and their extremely long lifespan, uh, it's always difficult to think of like where they're at in life. Mm -hmm. um, like it's really cool. But obviously, as a human, we don't live for 700 years. So um, <laughs> perspectively, it's hard to think about where they're at. Mm -hmm. So I will also roll. And if you want, like, this goes up from 20 years or younger to 61 years or older. So if you want to, like, scale that or something for a, an elf, feel free. Yeah. Uh, wow, I've been rolling a lot of 90s. I've rolled 98, which means <gasps> I I am... also rolled 98. Legit. That's insane. Because you said another 90. I was like, man, no, I also rolled another 90. Boom, 98. That's crazy. So um, we're 51 to 60 years old. Okay, so but like relevant to me, 51 to 60 Yeah, years so old. you're probably like 200 years yeah. old or something. I'll say so, I'm like 260. Okay, so we are level one characters. We are not very good at what we do. We've been just kind of going about life, not getting that good. And now <laughs> finally so we're at a point old. in our life where we're like, no. We want more out of our lives. Yeah. We gotta do something, and we recognize each other. We're well, like we we find each other, and we recognize that aspect in each other, and we're like, yeah, we might Let's be more. We might be later on in our years, but we still got time. We can still make something in our in our life. I'm gonna get um, that ship. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to keep listening to my stepmom. Yeah, I'm an adult. I, I will not be the harbinger of doom. I'm going to do something. Maybe not positive, but maybe not world-ending. <laughs> so, uh, a fun thing about your age is that it determines uh, how many life events you get. So, now that we've rolled our uh, our age, we're both going to roll a d10, and that's how many life events that we do. Seven. I, I rolled a nine. So, that is just the number of life events. Um, you had more life events. I've been around 200 extra years. You've just had a lot of... I was sailing. That's true. <laughs> I'm on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's roll for these life events. Okay. So these are all D-hundreds. So... 45. And I rolled six. I so... wanted to say mine first so we didn't think there was a, like, cheating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my thumb. Okay. Um, 45, uh, you made a friend of an adventurer. Use yep. the supplemental tables and work with your DM to add more detail to this friendly character and establish how your friendship began. I'm going to say we became friends. Oh, you're going to say that's me? Yeah. So, but this is like chronological. Oh. No, that's fine. That that's doesn't fine. make sense though. I'm just saying that early on in your life, you knew me. Yeah, that makes sense, because I would, like, come into different ports and then, like, exit, right? 
Well, oh no, wait, it doesn't make sense because at the earliest it would have been when you were like 140. <laughs> right. <laughs> so old. <laughs> so okay, maybe I'm not gonna, me. Let's say like. Do you want to roll? I'll just say one another... of the crewmates. Like that makes sense. Like but obviously specifically, with... specifically they're an adventurer, which is a term meaning they have a class. So do you want to roll on class? Yes. D hundred again. Seventy one. <laughs> They're a rogue. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. That's Done. a pirate. <laughs> pirate. Uh, perfect. Okay, but that's a good point. Though you are rolling your life events in chronological order. I mean that that that's another like I'm being the DM kind of thing. Like technically, you could have taken that, but I think it's more interesting when you're doing that and it's chronological. All right. So what's your uh, first thing, young rolled, person? What, what did I say, a six? Yeah. You suffered a tragedy. Roll on the tragedy table. <laughs> That's a D12. A two. A family member or close friend died. Roll on the cause of death supplemental table to find out how. So this is the third table I'm rolling on for this. That's a five. Uh, accident unrelated to class or occupation. Okay, when I was young, one of my siblings fell off the bluffs, <gasps> and none of my family made a big deal about it. Ooh. And I think that's one of the things that, like, made, like, that was the earliest memory I have of, like, questioning my living situation. No, that makes sense, right? Because, like, if everyone loves each other so much, then why are we not mourning the loss of someone? Yeah. It was like, don't we care about each other? No? We're just moving on? Hmm. I don't like that. That doesn't sit well with me. Yeah. Uh, okay. Do you want to roll second yeah. life event? I got ten. Ten. You suffered a tragedy. Roll a d12. Ooh. If I had a tragedy, you get a tragedy. Eight. A terrible blight in your home community caused crops to fail and many to be starved. You lost a sibling or some other family member. The dad story. What do you right? mean? We, so we didn't get, like, we suffered a terrible blight. So, like, loss of crops or whatever. So yeah. for a pirate, it would be, like, a loss of treasure. Uh, so Interesting like, way to take that. Lost, yeah. So, like, uh, it's a loss of, like, gains or profits. Resource. Right? So, like. Yeah. Yeah. So we lost our treasure and it's because my dad did a horrible job in like planning and defending us. Um, and that's where he was pushed off the plank. Interesting. So that happened super early in your life. That makes sense. Interesting. See, I was going to suggest like I, a super great way to take that because my mind wouldn't have gone there. I was thinking that like just like food spoiled. And it was just like, you know, rampant mold or something in your stores or like they were left open and everything spoiled like that. And because you didn't have enough food, like someone starved to death or something. Yeah, we're pirates. We could have got scurvy. Yeah, but but no, I love the way you <laughs> took it where, where you took like what it said and then tweaked it. I love that. Yay. Mm -hmm. uh, 70. You spent time working in a job related to your background. Start the game with an extra 2d6 GP. So that's interesting because my background is charlatan. Um, so basically, 
this means that when I was moving from orphanage to orphanage, I was already actively grifting people. Like, that, it wasn't just, like, I was living a normal childhood, but because I was grifting people. I was grifting people into a normal life. Amazing. Um, that's hilarious, because that, like, there's literally no other way to make that make sense. Like, nope. Let's roll again. I think I'm going to round down to seven. Like, I think we're just going to do seven. I'm not going to do the full nine. Okay. 59. Another 90, 91. 59. You spent time working in a job related to your background. Start the game with an extra 2G, 2d6 GP. Done. So what specific pirating job did you do? Boarded another ship and took their goods. Ooh, nice. But I didn't get all the money I deserved. Oh, so maybe this was like... This was a building up. Where it started. Yeah. yeah this was like, so you they were noticing. Like, oh, here's like 12 gold coins. And I was like, wait, what? Interesting. What? Why don't I get more than 12 gold coins? All right. What did you get? Uh, you committed a crime or were wrongly accused of doing so. Roll on the crime table to determine the nature of the offense and on the punishment table to see what became of you. I mean, Ooh. that's this is fair. This is valid. A D8 for the crime. I rolled a two, which was theft, which is accurate yeah and the punishment is a d12 and i rolled an eight which means you were nearly caught in the act you had to flee or wanted in the community where the crime occurred probably a grift went wrong and i got the hell out of there and i like created a whole false identity and that's when i started like fully living as another person oh my gosh perfect perfect all right up next 57. And I got 47. 57 is another... You spent time working on a job related to your background. Get another 2D6 GP. Yep, so it happened again. And I still didn't get my real cut. So this is building and building. Now, I get to make a friend of an adventurer. So would you say that this is far enough now where we could overlap? Well, this is our fourth out of seven. Mm-hmm. Do you think so? I mean, it depends. That means we're going to share our other life events together. Not necessarily, because my fourth event doesn't necessarily have to line up with your fourth event. My fourth event could happen after your sixth or seventh event. Okay, that makes sense. You know what I mean? So, um,. I, I like the idea that I was living a certain way. I almost got caught. I had to get the hell out of there. And then I made like, maybe I am seeking transport. And so you guys, like I offered you like some of my stolen goods. For like passage. To like, yeah, take me across. And then we got to know each other. Yeah. Because as a bard, I like knowing things. I like talking to people. And I'm telling you some stories of like. About a cult. I don't know if I would have necessarily told you about the cult right away. I feel like that is a level six friendship unlock. Um, <laughs> but I'm definitely you telling there yet, I'm definitely telling you some of the like ritzy families that I've grifted mm. because like I trust you I- I- implicitly in like the criminal aspect where I'm like you're not gonna like you rat know, me out. Yeah. Uh, so that doesn't necessarily mean that we started traveling together, but at least we were familiar with one another. Yeah, we knew each other. Yeah. 
All right. So my next event is a 33. I got a 75. So 33. You made an enemy of an adventurer. Roll a d6. Ooh. One. Uh, an odd number indicates you are to blame for the rift. Let's roll a d100. I like to start there. It's a 58. Uh, this is a hunter or trapper. Hmm. So that I'm not rolling class because this is just some sort of hunter. Unless, are they a bounty hunter? Hmm, I didn't think of a bounty hunter. I was trying to think of like, maybe it was like a fishing boat and they were trying to catch mm -hmm. in like the day's catch. And I <laughs> didn't realize what they were trying to do. So when I went to attack their boat... Um, to get any of their goods, didn't realize it was a fishing boat with lots of fish guts, and um, cut off the nets from the sides of their boats. But why didn't you just, like, sink their ship? Like, why did you let them live? Because you've made an enemy. Well, that was the fault that I had. <laughs> no, I understand it was your fault, but why didn't you just kill him? Why weren't you just like, oh, my bad, murk them? I don't think I'm super murdery. No? Yeah, none of this stuff I picked was super murdery. Okay. It's very, like, festy. <laughs> so you were literally like, oops, my bad. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, you be on your way. And that guy's like, those f***ing pirates. <laughs> As you're like, <laughs> Okay. But again, like, I wasn't on that, like, taking over the boat on my own because I am not my own captain. So right. I think it was like, other people may have been causing a lot of bodily harm to others, but I I just cut the nets off. Yeah. And I was like, ha ha, there. And then the person was standing there and was like, are you serious right now? Like, there's so many fish. That was so much money. And I'm like, do, 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 do. And I just back onto the ship. <laughs> Love it. Um, okay, uh, let's do race, just for fun. D100. 52. Also an elf. <laughs> they gonna live a long time. <laughs> um, roll 3d6 for alignment, just for fun. Four. They're lawful evil. Eh, it's fine. It'll be okay. They're not, they're not above murdering you. Yeah, so... But also, they're just fishermen, so... It'll be fine. Uh, but as you can see, like, in this situation, we've now created, like, an NPC in the storyline that could be coming back later to try and get me. Mm -hmm. uh, so this, like, also helps out your DM in terms of where, like, different events could occur in the storyline mm -hmm. uh, and creates uh, some conflict potential. Cool, 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 cool. I Oh, I rolled a 75. You met someone important. So similar to what just happened, but um, it's uh, it tells you to use the, the supplemental tables to determine the character's identity. Um, so this is basically the same thing, but I just have less idea of what they mean to me. So, yeah, you just met them is all you know. And they're important for some reason. So I'm, I'm going to be rolling uh, Occupation... I got an 11, which means they are an aristocrat. So, makes sense. Makes sense. Also, the kind of person that I am, I grifted my way into good graces with an aristocrat. That's legit. That mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense. 
Um, they are 78. They are a gnome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's see if they even like me. Because I said good graces, but, I mean, it could be that they just know me and they tolerate me. And, I mean, or they hate me, actually. You don't know. That's why we're rolling. 3d4. A four. They're hostile towards me. (laughs) So they don't (laughs) like me. So... That was a failed drift for sure. Yeah. um, But I met them and they're important. So then I would take this information to my DM and then we would either maybe collaboratively come up with something or I would just give that to my DM and they would uh, come up with something on their own. Some way to torture you later. Of course. That is an important note is that almost all of the backstory that you give to your DM will be used as a weapon against you in the campaign. (laughs) Yeah. It's like getting arrested. Anything you say can and will be used against you. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Number six. I got a 16. And I got a 97. 16. You gained a bit of good fortune. Roll on the boons table. A d10. I won something. I got a five. A relative bequeathed you a simple weapon of your choice. That's cool. I'm going to say like my uh, older brother, um, after we raided a place, he got a shiny new sword and gave me his old sword, which was still better than my sword. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Hand me down. Now in play, that that like simple sword or whatever has some reason to be important to you. So that could come up. Yeah, like I wouldn't trade it for anything else. Um and I rolled a ninety seven. You are encounter you encountered something magical. Roll on the Ooh. arcane matters table. Something magical. Also a D ten. Another seven. You turned invisible for a time. What? Which is cool for me being, like, sneaky. Um, I don't have a particular thought for this. I would pro- I'll would. i probably save that and think nope. about it later. No, I got one. Okay. So you like taking things off of people and you're like, oh, this ring that's got magic in it. And it's like a Frodo ring, so you turn invisible every time you put it on. Ooh. Stole. But it says for a time, so I'm assuming either I gave it back, I lost it, it was taken from me, I sold it, something like that. Maybe it very much is the ring, and there's some negative effect to it. Yeah. So, like... You're like, nope, not dealing with this anymore. You know, something like you know spirits from the uh astral plane like start to (gasps) like yeah maybe it's not that you actually go invisible maybe you end up in the astral plane so you're invisible to people on the normal plane but then you realize there are dangerous things on the astral plane oh my god interesting and our final one 
39. And I rolled a 51. So 39. You made another enemy. <laughs> no. You know what? This is actually perfect. Can I just interject? Because this is your last life event. So yes. I think this is where you split with your family. So you made an enemy oh, of, of one fam. specific family member. Stepmom. There you go. Kind of works out. So I like how you started with gaining a friend and you were like, oh, that's you. But then we f it completely flipped. So it wasn't that you met me as a friend at the beginning. It was like you made an enemy of your family at the end. That's super cool. Yeah. And I got a 51, which is you spend time working on a job related to your background. So I think this would represent like the last time I was like living, like, you know, grifting people, getting in good with some someone before we met back up. Maybe you came into like port in whatever city I was in. And then, you know, we we ran into each other and we were like, no, we want something more for our lives. Yep. So, again, like uh, if, if the, I would put more um, into determining exactly what kind of a, a grift who I was living with. Um, but for now, the final grift is just what I'm going to write down. And so but I do like how this whole background we've sort of um, explained um why you know at least my character didn't really get good at being a sorcerer because i wasn't relying so much on the magic to like get by i was like very much just relying on you know being a con man yeah uh, to, um and then it well, we were i wasn't really doing adventuring I would say, like, for me, the reason why I'm still, like, a level one bard is I've spent most of my time doing roguish activities. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, my bardic skills are kind of more of a hobby right? Um, to, like, the lifestyle I've been forced to lead. And maybe, like, once we get together, we're realizing, like, you know, the magical elements in each other. And we're like, oh, maybe that's something that we can use to, you know, achieve our goals. Yeah. One thing I would like to point out is that with creating this background or rolling for life events, it's, again, it's your choice. So mm -hmm. you could roll as many life events as you want, because realistically, as you kind of saw, um, some were kind of fluffed over because we're like, eh, whatever. I obviously did another criminal activity um, where others immediately we realized had a bigger impact on our characters for a life event. Right. Um, so if you're looking for ideas, using the table is great. Uh, once you've gotten to understanding who your character is, you don't necessarily need to keep rolling for life events. Like right. it is fun and it is a fun activity to go through, especially when you're going through it with another person, which I highly recommend. Definitely. Um, Collaborative um, character creation is like pretty much the only way I want to do it from now on. Seriously. Yeah. Cause like then you, you're saying something to the other person or they give you their ideas and you just feel like a lot more justified in the decisions that like your character is making mm -hmm. um, and where your character is going to go. Um and you don't always have to say that the characters are connected to each other in terms of building characters together. 
Uh, so for instance, I could be building a character for a campaign that Cole wouldn't be in, mm-hmm. but uh, they can help me with the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's still a lot of fun. And that's cool because maybe, maybe even though we've uh, created links with our characters, um, you know, maybe we we just slightly change that that sort of ending of the story where we don't actually like end up adventuring together, but we still have like that link and our so you know Elizabeth character is just um, you know a character in my backstory, right? Um, but I could easily now as a level one character be like, I've decided to like make it on my own, go into any level one campaign and go from there. Yeah. So there's a lot of freedom. And I think that's kind of like the main thing that like we're talking about here is that there are like you going through and making very specific choices based on the books that you can go through and look at. Um, there's also leaving it up to lady luck and rolling for everything mm-hmm. and making it work. And then there's a mix of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think a mix is kind of the best way to go about it because then you make some of your own decisions, um, but are able to have more of the, uh, forced creativity thrown on you from a, a random dice roll. Mm-hmm. And it can lead your character to like some more interesting places. Mm-hmm. Very true. And um, something something cool about what we've done. This is all uh, this whole "this is your life" thing. Creating like a real backstory and um, and bits about your character. That's that's a, a supplement. That's not in the the base rules. And we actually haven't even gone through the full character creation process of the base rules. Um, but that's a lot more mechanical. Um, and um, now that we have an idea of what our characters have gone through um, uh, and uh, who they are, it's actually going to be a lot easier to now go through and make make those decisions on the mechanical bits and um, and make those choices. For example, we're both spellcasters and now we have an idea of who we are as people so we might have a better idea of what kind of spells we're going to cast. Yeah. But also just like where we want to put our um, stats for our ability scores and then like what proficiencies do we want to take mm-hmm. uh, based on we know the types of lives that we live and it just makes it so much easier um, to know kind of the destination of your character first. Mm-hmm. Before you go, I'd like to thank James Roach for the awesome job on the podcast themes. You can check out what he's up to by following him on Twitter at Hamesatron. You can follow RPG Blueprints at RPGBP on Twitter. I'd also like to thank you for listening. And remember the words of the author Joseph Chilton Pierce. To live a creative life, we must lose our fear of being wrong. <laughs>